In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. When Jesus uses the word here, the word beware, he's not just, for lack of a better phrase, crying wolf. In every instance except for one, this word is used in the New Testament to warn us of false doctrine. That is, lies about God. It's to warn us about false prophets. And you notice how serious this is. Jesus doesn't say, beware of murderers or thieves or adulterers, because common sense tells us to be on guard against them. Jesus doesn't tell us to beware of these things. Rather, he uses his time and his word to tell us to beware of false doctrine. And this is because false doctrine is much more dangerous, much more subtle, and much more damaging than any of those other things. Earthquakes and murderers and famine can kill your body, but false doctrine damns the soul. So when Jesus says, beware of false prophets, who exactly is he talking to? Well, uh, many think he's talking to pastors or theologians and professors as if it's their job to identify and defend against false prophets. And so you might think, look, I'll just live my life here. I'll just sit here safely in my church and let my pastor defend me. He'll go and uh, shoo the wolves away and we'll all be fine. And that's not the case. Jesus isn't speaking to the academics or spiritually elite He's speaking to you. He's speaking to the common Christian in the pew, common mother, the father, the son, or the daughter who believes in God's word. This warning is for all of you. And Jesus tells us all to beware of false prophets because it's our natural tendency to not beware. It's our natural tendency to fall for what they're saying. So most people don't give a rip about false doctrine or teachers. They just don't care enough or have enough time for theology or to think about this. So many think that false doctrine is is just the details or just the minutia. It's the theological debates that are only a footnote in the Christian life. And it doesn't really matter that much because it doesn't change the essence of Christianity. But the problem is that false doctrine always always, always attacks the very heart of the Christian faith, which is salvation by grace through faith alone. Whenever false doctrine is present, then the justification of the ungodly sinner is always at stake, no matter what the false doctrine might be. If we all need to beware of false prophets, then the question is, who exactly are these false prophets? And as much as Muhammad, the founder of Islam, is a false prophet who denied the one true God of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is not who Jesus is talking about. And as much as Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, is a false prophet who taught that Jesus was a creature, was created by the Father, and came to earth from the fictional planet Kolob, this is not who Jesus is talking about either. And as much as L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, is a false prophet who denied that Jesus is truly God, this isn't who Jesus is talking about either. He's not talking about Siddhartha Gautama or Mary Baker Eddy or Ellen G. White or any long list of blatant false teachers. 
He's not talking about the scoffer who denies the Holy Trinity and the work of Christ. Today, Jesus isn't warning us of wolves. He's warning us of wolves in sheep's clothing. And believe it or not, this is far more dangerous because they appear to be harmless. Jesus warns us of of false prophets who don't look like false prophets, wolves who don't appear to be wolves. Rather, they appear to be sheep and their words don't sound like they're false and they make sense and they connect with us and they touch us, they touch our hearts. They portray themselves as insiders who are on your side. They claim to come in the name of the Lord, preaching the word of the Lord. So who exactly are these wolves in sheep's clothing? They're those Christians and pastors who teach false doctrine by mixing the truth with error, by mixing God's word with lies. And to mix the truth of God's word with falsehood is the most dangerous and damning thing that anyone can possibly do. It's incredibly dangerous. And to think about it, what is worse than a flat-out lie? A half-truth. And the reason a half-truth is worse is because it's believable. Because it makes sense. And you can say, yeah, I could see that. That kind of makes sense to me. They deceive worse than flat-out lies. So left and right, you'll find that people think of Christianity as a type of buffet. right? As if this is how we approach doctrine or theology. Where you, you pick and choose what you want. You put the things that you want on your plate. You scoop it up. You... you, you slop it down in your plate, and you leave the rest out. And at the end of the day, you're going to eat your meal and you're satisfied. And uh, the, the bottom line is that you were fed, right? That, that's usually how it's viewed. And that's typically how people consider uh, different denominations as well. So they think, well, look, this church over here, uh, this church over here has, has women publicly read the word of God in church and administer the sacraments. And this one doesn't, but it's okay. That's just a minor footnote. It's a detail. Or this church over here lets it slide when a couple lives together before marriage and the one over there doesn't. But we all believe in Jesus and it's no problem. We're all okay. And so on and so forth. And the tendency is to think that these differences or divisions are minor details that don't change Christianity. And it's not the case at all. False doctrine is not just the absence of true doctrine. It's the presence of evil doctrine. It's the presence of lies. It's the presence and the substitution of God's word, taking God's word out and putting in the devil's thoughts, words, and and desires. So here's a a better analogy instead of the, the whole buffet thing. False doctrine is like rat poison. Okay, consider that. Rat poison is made up of 98% cornmeal and just 2% actual poison, just 2% bad stuff. And now who in the world knowing this is going to say, look, look, pastor, (laughs) look at this this rat poison. It's 98% cornmeal. Look at all of the good that's in here. Think of all the health benefits and nutrients and vitamins that cornmeal has and it tastes so good, it's good for you. And, and don't worry about that 2%. Don't worry about it. There's more good than bad here. It, it, the good outweighs the bad. And no one in their right mind will think it's a good idea to eat this or to give it to their children. So shame on us for thinking that we can do that with theology. 
Shame on us for thinking that just because another church or denomination has it 98% right, that we shouldn't worry about the 2% that's wrong. Shame on us for taking the warning labels of pesticides more seriously than we do the warnings of Christ. So think of how much we care for our bodies. We put locks on our house so nobody steals from us. We call the police when we see someone suspicious. We have weapons and guns to protect us from those who would kill our bodies. But when it comes to our souls, when it comes to where we're going to spend eternity, we are lazy and we're careless and we're irresponsible. And we listen to false doctrine as if it's not a big deal, as if it's just some minor opinion or detail, as if it's something we can handle that we can continue to listen to without it actually affecting us. Jesus teaches us that false doctrine is, in fact, demonic. It came from hell, and that's where it will end up. It's the devil's attempt. So every time false doctrine is preached or, or taught, it's the devil's attempt to draw you away from Christ, either all at once capturing your heart in a moment of euphoria or slowly over time chipping away at your fear, your love, and your trust in God, one falsehood at a time. The devil accomplishes this, uh, he accomplishes this goal by sending wolves in sheep's clothing to entice you away from the word of God. So I told you who these wolves are in general, and I'll tell you who they are specifically. Uh, the truth is there are too many to count. I don't have enough fingers, and we don't have enough fingers here in this church either. But the most popular of these false prophets are Joel Austin, or Creflo Dollar, who's aptly named, Rick Warren, Stephen Furtick, Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, Beth Moore, and so on. And even more, you'll find more when you hear others saying these things in the name of the Lord, saying that baptism doesn't save you, or who say that babies can't have faith, or who say deeds, not creeds, or who say once saved, always saved, or who say faith and good works earn your salvation, or those who say pray to Mary and the saints, or those who say make a decision for Christ, or those who say there is one God and there are many paths to him, so it doesn't matter which path you're on. We're ending in the same place. They're false prophets. Mark and avoid them like the plague. They don't teach the word of God and God will cut them down and throw them into the fire. At this time, I know, people tend to respond saying, yeah, but pastor, uh, I know they don't have everything right. But think of all the people who have come to faith through Joel Austin and Joyce Meyer and the like. Look at how many go to their churches and are now Christians. They've, they have some good stuff. Yeah, there's a little bad, but don't be so harsh. But Christ will have none of it. And his scripture cannot be broken. He doesn't know them and he tells us to beware of them. False prophets have the appearance of bringing people to Christ, but they don't. So these mega churches, these massive churches that you see, are filled, uh, they're not filled with converts or with the, 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 the converted heathen or pagan. They're not filled with converted unbelievers. These mega churches are actually filled with Christians who became angry at their former pastor who preached the truth and now go to a church that says what they want to hear. 
That's how these churches grow. And that's why they're so big. It's not that these churches and these false prophets are actually uh, gathering people to God. They're drawing them further away. They're filled with Christians who went to faithful churches and didn't want to put up with that fidelity to the word anymore and started going to a mass gathering instead. So don't fall for the scam that they're actually bringing people to Christ because false doctrine can never do such a thing. They take people away from the arms of their dear father in heaven. So this might not be your favorite sermon so far this year. But if this bothers you, and if this sermon makes you uncomfortable, if you're offended at the fact that I unabashedly pointed out the wolves in sheep's clothing in your midst, then it's most likely because you've already started to believe their false doctrine. If you gravitate to these false prophets, then there's a good chance that you've felt the wool on their backs, but you haven't seen the fangs in their mouth. And if you're ready to leave the church over such a clear proclamation of the truth, then there's a great possibility that these wolves already have sunk their teeth into the wool of your neck and started to drag you away. Some will leave because of this. Indeed, some have already left because of this in profound bitterness, because God's truth is purely taught and preached. But don't think that you're safe. We can all fall prey to these cross-dressing wolves. You can see the beginnings of their lies take root in you. Every single time that we cringe, if you cringe when you hear the announcement of closed communion, if you're embarrassed that those who confess a doctrine contrary to Scripture should not receive the Lord's Supper, and if you huff and puff when your friends and relatives of another denomination were not given the Lord's Supper, If this happens, then you know you're surrounded or you've been too close to the wolves. So, since you are supposed to defend yourself and since you're supposed to be on guard and beware, how do you do it? Jesus says, beware of false prophets in sheep's clothing, but exactly how are we to do this? And this is how you do it. You turn off your TV and radio. You put your phone down. You cast all of your feelings and emotions aside. And then you open up the Bible and you read it. You don't just set it next to your nightstand or you don't just put it on a table, but you open it and you read the word of God that's in there. And you open the catechism and you memorize it and you learn what it means. And there is no shortcut here. Either you put in the effort and learn to mark and avoid false teachers or you will fall victim to them. If you're content learning nothing from God in his church, then you must be content when you're taken over by the wolves. It's impossible to beware of false prophets if you're not heeding the word of the true prophet of Christ. So you must listen to Christ and beware of wolves. As much as I wish I could, I can't beware for you. And you can't beware for your children or your spouse or your loved one. You personally and individually have to be on guard. It's no option. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in the church, if you've been here for 40 years or for 40 days. Don't say, 
look, pastor, I can't do this. I don't know enough. I can't know as much. I can't devote that much time to theology. No, you can. You have ears. You have God's word. You listen to it. You believe it. You go to Bible study. You actually sing the hymns that we sing in church. You do devotions at home. And you teach yourself and your family what this word of God says. So this is what you should do. You should continue to learn. You should learn more. You should know more now, today, than you did a year ago. You should know more about Scripture than you did this time last year. You should believe more than you did the week before. You should repent more this Sunday than you did last Sunday. And do all of this knowing that no matter how many false prophets surround you speaking falsehood, Christ the true prophet stands here today and speaks his truth even louder. No matter how many wool-covered wolves draw near to you and breathe out their soul-crushing lies, Christ has drawn near to you. Not just in sheep's clothing, but as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world by suffering in the way that all false prophets should and will suffer. No matter how much false doctrine and lies about God you've believed in the past or spewed out in the past, Repent of it all today and cling to Christ who can never lie or deceive you. Beware of false prophets and put your steadfast trust in Christ. Confess the truth he professed to you, the truth that he is truly the Christ, that he and every single word he says is true and that death, that by his death he's forgiven all of your sins and that his resurrection gives you eternal life. No matter how many lies the devil spouts through the mouths of his prophets, Jesus pours a flood of the truth on you through the mouth of his faithful preachers. So learn that Christ's word doesn't tell you what you want to hear, what you long to hear. It tells you what you need to hear, that you're forgiven, that his word is true. And he tells you what Christ has truly done, and he reveals to you the most profound depth of the Father's love for you, that he didn't spare his only begotten Son for you. When he preaches his true word, falsehood, and all who cling to it will scatter. But those who cling to his word will rejoice in his appearing. So let's listen to his true word that gives you more joy and comfort and life than any false teaching can give you. Baptism now saves you. All of your sins are loosed on earth and in heaven. And that this is the body and blood of Christ, which is given for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.